Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast. We're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the Nordics region to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I'm Rachel, and I connect businesses with talented freelancers in the Swedish market. Today, I am joined by Mans, Ricard, Fabian, and Chenkai to discuss creating an effective software engineering team. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Before we delve deeper into the topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and what your biggest passion is currently. Fabian, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So hi, I'm Fabian. I'm Senior Product Manager on GitHub Copilot, and I've been working for the last 18 months on launching Copilot to the, to the market. I think my biggest passion those last two years is Warhammer 40k and probably for the next 20 years as well. <laughs> Fantastic, great introduction. Chenkai, would you like to go next? Absolutely, yes. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Chenkai. I'm the uh, right now competence manager at HM and uh, I've been into the IT industry for more, more like 12 years around and my biggest passion right now is to looking up to my daughter. She's just uh, eight months, nine months old. Before that, I was like 20 years old, like a hardcore Manchester United fan. So yeah, but now priority changed for the first family. Oh, yes. Amazing. And I'll be biased here, but great team to support. <laughs> Ricard, do you want to go next? <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, Ricard. I'm a 31-year-old fit- fitness enthusiast and the uh, engineering manager at Bilingo. And Currently, my professional passion is uh, revolutionizing the way the hospitality industry interacts with its customers. Um, But on my free time, I love traveling. And right now, the biggest love is Italy. Fantastic. It's a wonderful place to travel, Italy. Mans, would you like to go next? Absolutely. Well, hello, everyone. I am Mons, and I'm actually just starting a new position, uh, an extremely exciting role as an engineering manager for the software team at Open Air Group Technologies. And we are building the world's best app for hunting, dog tracking, and outdoor enthusiasts. I live in Stockholm with my lovely wife and uh, three equally fantastic kids and my 40 kilo dog, Sonia which whom I constantly battle for bed space with, uh, trying to get as close as possible to my wife. If we're talking about passion, uh, hunting is a new one. I am also a windsurfer by heart, so uh, my dream is to persuade my kids to move to southern Sweden so I can combine those interests. Not windsurfing with a shotgun, but you know, being able to do it the same day at least but this negotiation part is uh, kind of hard so currently my proposed offer uh, is uh, adding a wiener dog 
and ensuring that the house that we move into has a pool. That's me. <laughs> Wonderful. I've now got a great mental picture of windsurfing with a shotgun. <laughs> but now that we have established a context to each of you, let's move on to the topic in focus. So you have all prepared a question or a statement on creating an effective software engineering team. So as usual, what I will do is I will work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and the reasons behind it. Each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation as well. So I want to start today with Ricard. Let's come to you first. Your question was, what are, in your opinion, experience, you know, the biggest, most important responsibilities of a leader in building effective software teams? I think this is a great situation great question to start us off on. So why don't you give me a bit of background to this question and why you've brought it to the table today? Um, all right. Thank you. Um, to start off, uh, I am the sole engineering manager at my company, and it is also my first position as an engineering manager. I get coached and uh, I have some previous coworkers who I can consolidate and talk to and get pointers from, but um, I just wanted to anchor my 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 mental image of the leader's role and responsibilities in a team with the rest of you. And I know clear goals, expectations, building trust, etc., is something that's trending today in in the management area. But uh, yeah, I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Fantastic. Who wants to kick us off on that? I can. <laughs> so so I, I think in terms of what the biggest element is. So being clear, transparent on the goal is very important, but most importantly, I think there's two big things. One is inspiring, kind of being able to help your, your engineer like look up to you and being motivated to work with you. And that's a really difficult thing to, to, to achieve, but it's something that can be worked on. And the other part, I would say, is hiring. A great leader knows how to hire great people into, the, into their team. And that's also a very difficult uh, thing to do. We we had in the past, in, in some previous uh, role, I, I had bad hires uh, because we were still figuring out how to set up our, our hiring process. And that costed us a lot. Uh, the, the impact of a bad hire is very, very high, especially when in Europe, it's, it's a kind of more difficult to be able to rotate people in, in the team. So once you hire somebody, they are there for a long, long time. So you have to make sure that they are the right cultural fit and team fit and technical fit. And that's the, the leader's responsibility, I think. No, absolutely. It's very interesting um, topic that you bring up there to do with hiring. Mans Chenga, what are your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, great uh, ideas, Fabian. I agree on, on like finding the best talent is something that you really need to invest time in uh, a lot. But also, I mean... Uh, a really important part in 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 being a leader in uh, today is like to work on psychological safety. Yeah, is like for, at least for me number number one. Uh, and this is, uh, I mean, you need to 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 stay stay close to the teams and 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 really work and and foster psychological safety to 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 get effective engineering teams. That's like my my my, my biggest thing. Yeah, I think I echo both of your comments here and. Um, I think, I mean, of course, for like a product creation, Misha, obviously it's quite off the book, as everybody knows, but uh, for hair hiring, I think it's quite tricky to, or important, but also not easy to find the right people to do the right thing. I think you don't need to say a position, do I need a 
top level people, but it, I think it's more based on how the team is built up and what kind of a product it is building and what kind of a job it is. Do you, do I need a really like a top people to do that or maybe like uh, to Abby or do I just like a middle level person can do that and that's also fine and he or she can grow in the future. So I think that's something. Of course, and also if this person can fit into the team culture, out of it, like, so that's all. Especially right now, and uh, like everybody is talking about cost, is more efficient in the big picture. So I think that's all we're coming to play. And another thing I totally agree with Mons is on the psychological safety here. We, we saw the news, right, all the days, like layoff here and there. And people will start questioning and people will ask questions, especially when the big company, when people are changing some direction or do some reorganization, that there are questions coming out that people will start worrying. And how you working as an engineering manager to guarantee the people we are on the right track and how do we provide these kind of safety feelings. And one thing I would like to add here, based on my experience to be a good builder, uh, to be a, like a good leader in a team, things like the how do you handle the conflict within the team? That's also something interesting because you cannot, they cannot guarantee that everybody in the team is like bumming each other all the time. There will be conflicts inside the team or with the outside the team with different stakeholders. How do you handle that or mitigate? So I think that's also playing an important part. Absolutely. Rickard, do you have any kind of closing thoughts on that? Hiring the right people the right position is seems to be the the general agreement but i mean it's still hard i mean sure you can definitely find someone that's a cultural fit for the team um, but at the same time how do you get that impression that the actual person in front of you is going to be a cultural fit because let's be honest no one is psychological safe in an interview right so it, it's going to take at least a few weeks or months until you build that trust with that person and they can start to really be themselves and allow them to be who they are. So it's, uh, it's tricky because I agree with you. I've, I've previously worked as a, as a developer where I've had to deal with these bad hires, etc. And it's always hard to let people go, no matter if they fit or not. So it's a tricky one. And I, I didn't see that one coming. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah, I have a comment a bit on the hiring part where the way we solved it or we tried to solve it at least. Like, so some of the mistakes that were made early in the hiring process were basically that person checks all the boxes like, oh, as perfect skill set is really, really technically good. Would I want to work with that person? No, but that person checks the boxes. So I'm going to say yes and move it forward the, the hiring. Then all. And that, that's kind of like the first thing where you have to trust your instinct kind of thing in, in, I think in hiring and the other part, like the other aspect we did for more like a cultural fit in terms of how does it fit within the team. We had a very long coding interview and it was split in two parts, two times, one and a half hours, two hours. And the first part was product definition. So it's like, we had a crazy scenario about building a, an exotic animal hotel in Singapore. And how do you define the app? For that so what functionality what kind of constraint do you need to think of and so on so we are kind of evaluating the product thinking and then the coding interview was well now you've wrote the stories you have to implement one of them that you wrote so then then the engineer always came, came comes back and like oh this is really badly written yeah you wrote it like that's fine <laughs> and that helped a lot uh filter out people and you, you see how they think about product but also how they think about 
describing problems and, and implementing them. Like we didn't actually care about if the code was working. It was not the point. The point was the whole thought process. I saw that you had your hand up, man. So did you want to add? Yeah. No, I just want to add on about about this the, the recruitment part. Yeah. First of all, I mean, I, I I've always been looking for like a culture add more than a culture fit, like to 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 extend the team with like adding new new different views, etc. And also like Fabian, as you did uh, with like these longer uh, code reviews or like where we go go through code. What what I have done lately is uh, that I have invited the developers to join us at a totally ordinary day. Uh, they come in and stand up. They see who we are, how we work, because I really think that is it's so important that they really want to come to this team too, right? So it's like a, a two-way direction. And then they go away and like you know, <clears throat> pair program or, or do mob coding together. And and then the developers themselves sets, uh, I mean, give them points on some uh, predefined areas so you can go back like two days later to so you can get an even compare between between the different developers and and last say has then always been been the developers or in the team who who do they want but, but look at look at the scores that you gave them don't don't uh, yeah you can easily if you just had an interview he is or he or she is always a little bit on top always look at the the set the points during the interview it's a important thing and then, and another thing to add encourage innovation uh, is also really really important i believe i mean to to give space for developers to do uh, uh, like these coding days or whatever you want to call whatever you want to call them like give them one day uh, uh, one or two days a month to do whatever they want and have a presentation afterwards and 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 share their their knowledges and 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 their ideas. No, fascinating idea at the end there, man. So I think that's really great and definitely something that we can kind of take forward. Um, I actually wanted to come to you next, man's, with your question because I feel like what we've talked on there quite easily lends to this. So. What you wanted to ask the team was, you know, what are some common pitfalls in an engineering team and how to avoid them? And also, how can a leader build a culture of trust and collaboration within their teams? Could you talk to me a little bit about this question and where it came from? Yeah, I mean, in regards to pitfalls, I probably gladly walked into every pit there is as a leader. Yeah, and you need to, like, learn from your mistakes. Uh, so I, I think that is, is really important to look at yourself uh, uh, as a... Uh, as a leader and the pitfalls that you can like uh, uh, fall into or 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 step into so to say uh, and uh, i mean culture of trust and collaboration uh, i am a lot for psychological safety i think that is uh, for me is that 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 is like a building block without that nothing else nothing else works i would like to hear hear your thoughts on 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 those uh, ideas and questions. Absolutely. Who wants to kick us off with that? I can start uh, on this one, specifically about the pitfalls, because I know I've experienced them uh, coming from the, the developer side, like actually having a manager and understanding and seeing the flaws and thinking to myself, that's not how I'm going to do it when I'm an engineering manager, but at the same time, falling into the same same pitfalls that, uh, that they did. But uh, I know one thing that's across the board, can become a problem uh, if you don't keep your 
your eyes on it or or at least try to do something about it it's the the lack of communication um it can lead to to so many misunderstandings or mistakes or missed deadlines because you were not clear enough that uh, this is expected of you or of this project or of this feature um personally i encourage almost too much open communication <laughs> with each other in the team uh, i would rather see us in a place where where we're talking too much to each other i've never had that problem though. Um, but you know, these, these, uh, regular things such as check-ins or the collaboration tools we all use, Slack, Jira, et cetera, let's over communicate in it and make sure expectations are aligned across the board. Um, I've been micromanaged, which have led to me actually like decreasing my productivity. Um, I try to not micromanage to the best of my capabilities, but at the same time, there's a fine line between supporting and helping a team and micromanaging them you know what i mean it's like micromanaging is kind of like you're you're actually hindering them from doing what they're good at while supporting them is providing them with the the best environment for them to be there the best engineers possible um, and i can think of a lot of more things such as unclear goals requirements uh, keep it clear keep, make your expectations super clear crystal clear um, technical depth can be a super big pitfall for decreased efficiency, uh, helping the team prioritize it in your product backlogs or whatever it may be, is gonna build, excuse my language, but shit loads of trust with the team uh, that you're, you have the, the platform in mind when prioritizing the product or the feature or whatever it is you may be doing. And uh, what else? Long work hours, tight deadlines, you know, all these common things. Avoid, 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 <laughs> encourage their, their work-life balance. Um, provide a support in their mental health and well-being ask them how they're sleeping ask them how they're eating so yeah just avo avoid these pitfalls because i've experienced them and they're not fun and they're not efficient at all that's my take on it no amazing and um, fabian it looks like you've got a lot to say i could tell that you were wanting to jump in there a few times yeah no i, I completely agree with what we can said uh, i would add that one of the big element is bringing focus to the team. So uh, I've seen several times where you don't bring, the, the leader will not bring focus and you get too many competing needs, like uh, the, the, the backlog of the tech depth, the customer support that comes in, then you have product feature that comes in, and then you try to do a bit of everything. At the end of the day, you do nothing. You have a team that kind of loses team. So like there's focus and momentum that are key. Uh, so you really like having a theme for every quarter or whatever rhythm of business you have. And being like, okay, this quarter we're addressing tech debt and some minimal feature improvements, and we are going to push something out every two weeks, every month. There's going to be something that has a unit of value to either the company or the customers, uh, and and you keep going this way. The team gets does a really big impact on team morale because they see progress. They are doing something that has direct value, and that's super important to, especially in a, in a very distributed environment like like we are in GitHub where. It's all across the globe and you're covering 24 hours, time zones. You need people to be engaged, to see value, see things being delivered. I think that's, that's really the big, big takeaway on this for me. Absolutely. Chenkai, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good question here. And well, one thing I noticed about this in my previous experience is when you're working in a company which is focusing on one product or one software, and we're working in a company which is another industry, but they have a IT team there, it's totally different setup and feeling. For me, one of the challenges we see here and the main causing, like we can call it the pitfall, is 
how do you align with the business side? Like when we're talking about technical debt, from business side, they just, I want this work. I don't care really how that was implemented as long as there is a deadline and it can run it, it's fine. And the, you can be as agile as you want, but I need this to be there on, for example, the end of this month. But how can we guarantee this thing won't actually really happen in the whole company level so we can, everybody can be aligned? I think this is also come more and more important as today, regardless if we are just a company focusing on the software or if we are a company focused on something else, but you have a software team to support you. Both are very important. Yep. Absolutely. Do we have any final thoughts on this? Mans, how have you found that? Yeah, uh, really good, really good input. You know, one thing that that I have seen in the industry lately is that, um, first of all, people should, people leadership takes it takes a lot of time, uh, and I am not fond of leaders taking part of development teams as as developers. Uh, and what you see a lot right now in recruitment, especially for like. CTO roles or engineer manager roles, especially in the like startup world, they say like, oh, you're an engineer manager, but you like to get your hands dirty like 50%. That's 50% that you don't put on the team, right? Uh, and and also that you you get this uneven balance uh, when you like start talking about code. Uh, and I mean, look at me, I haven't written a line of production code for like four years. Uh, and then working with, with senior developers, my, my say becomes, uh, I get too much to say in discussions, which isn't like my main area. Uh, and I also totally agree to talk about like communication. Uh, I mean, we have been working hybrid uh, since like at least COVID, right? Uh, and it took a while for me to realize how big the difference really is. And so, and I really, think that you sh it's really important to n not forget the social aspect of your meetings. Uh, previously, I, as a developer, I was this guy with these like red and yellow cards when someone talked too, too, too long during stand-up. Today, our stand-ups are like uh, 30 minutes. There's a lo lot of social talk because this is like the time when we, when we meet everyone together. I think that's that's really important. And when we're talking about when we're talking about tools for communication, uh, just because your company is signed up for like Microsoft or Google or something, it doesn't mean that the developers think that this is the best communication tool. And if you force them to use one communication tool, you're starting to cramp communication. I mean, I have developers like uh, if they want to use Discord because they have better sound, let them let them use it. Right? That never ever cramp uh, communication. Yeah. These are like most important things for me at least. Amazing. Any more final thoughts on this question? Yeah, well, on the trust side, uh, on, on like in communication, one of the things that came to mind also is how do you like trusting your people because they know better than you uh, in general. Like most of the time they are going to be specialized in a specific technology, a specific area. And if they have something to say about it, better listen to it because they've been doing it for longer, basically. Uh, and they know better, I think. That's super important. And that's that validate them in their knowledge as well, which is really important. Yeah, you come into this uh, uh, lead by asking the correct questions and not by giving the answers, right? Uh, yeah. It's, re it's really important to listen with an open mind and open heart and really look for everyone's perspective. Yeah. I think sometimes I, I would like to compare the role as engineering manager, this kind of leadership. 
similar to like a running a Scrum Master. You're more like a supporting role. You're sitting aside, you provide and support your team members. I mean, that's a good question. I think if I'll be asked, do you trust this pe the people and then the team? I think you should trust, but sometimes there is also uncertainty, always uncertainty there. And but I think there is only thing we can do is we trust. So we trust them. They can do. They can deliver. They can do what we are uh, promised. Then probably that's the only thing we can do from engineering manager perspective. Yeah, when when it comes to to trust, I mean transparency is super super important. I mean if you're not transparent and honest to your team, they won't be to you either, right? Yeah. So always be transparent, and I mean transparency is is the foundation of of empowerment too. So transparency is really, really important. And, and, and w when talking about this uh, area, I mean, uh, it, is, uh, it is really, really important that you, that you listen to what people say. I mean, and, and being, a, being a junior developer in, when, around a couple of seniors, it's not, it's not really easy. And here you as a uh, leader, you can really step in and, and ask the correct questions and make everyone's, everyone's voice heard because when too often people only listen to confirm their own, their own known facts, right? So, but make sure that everyone's voice is heard. Uh, it's really, really important. And, and you can do that by, by asking the correct questions and distributing them so everyone gets their say, so to say. I also just chime in. Um, to second that month, one of the biggest successful or the most successful change I've implemented in a, in a team is for sure when the team itself has made the, the decision. So present them with the alternatives. Don't make the decision for them. It can be anything about the way of working or the tool they show, they want to chat in or whatever it may be, just allow, allow them to make the decision and then second that, support them, help them. Because at the end of the day, when they start questioning it, then it's on the team itself as well to, to solve the problem. If they start questioning that Discord isn't good enough because it doesn't have enough uptime for us to talk to each other. All right, yeah. well, what else do you suggest? What else do you want to use? What do you want to try out? If they want to use GitHub instead of Jira, let them do it. If it's closer to the code and they feel more comfortable doing it, let them do it. But together with you, also find a way for you to manage it and or track whatever you need to track. Don't narrow down to a tool just because it's easiest for you as a as an engineering manager, you want an effective team, then you're going to have to pay the price for it as well. Sometimes you will need to do some extra work in order for them to be more effective. Definitely. Chenkai, did you have something you wanted to say there? No, I think what Ricard said is quite good because I think that uh, um, all these things, activities or approach, it helps to create the responsibility, awareness among the team, but not on certain people inside of the team, which is quite important. I think uh, one of the most important things I've noticed or I've experienced is it would be much easier since it would be much easier if the team have the awareness of who should take responsibility. It's the team to take responsibility, but not a single person inside the team. Yeah, that's something I want to emphasize. I agree. I agree. You want to rely on the team, not the individual itself. Yeah. Or him or herself. But also when, like the question that I, uh, that uh, how you build a culture of trust and collaboration. Uh, you, I don't think that you as a tech leader, you can't really build anything in, in that way. You, you can set the grounds, right, and prepare the soil, so to say. Uh, and for me, that soil is, it is psychological safety. 
because without and without good soil, nothing nice will grow. At least not as good as it uh, as it could. So always start with the psychological safety. I would say. Uh, and I, I mean, I agree with with uh, psychological psychological safety, obviously, but that part is not entirely up to the engineering man or the tech leader. I think sometimes. If you're in a big organization, you might want to protect your team as much as you can, but not necessarily in your power uh, to do that. So it's it's a bit of a tricky one. Uh, same for the tools. Uh, when we talk about this, like I, there should be flexibility on the tool and the way of communicating and so on. But sometimes you can. Like there's legal constraint. There's all sort of constraints around how you operate and your company operates. You have to play within the rules as well. Yeah, I totally agree on that. Yeah, uh, my, my thoughts. I mean, I'm coming from this. Uh, a small company startup scale up world uh, it's a big it's a totally different thing if you work at uh, github or places like that right sometimes it's also an option saying that it's out of my hands we 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 cannot do anything about it it's slack that we're using and that's fine i mean as long as you're not the one dictating the terms for the team but if the company is dictating the terms and well they're paying our salary yeah as long as you can provide a reason to justify it, i think then it would be fine amazing well i think that was a great discussion then and i really appreciate the questions you brought to the table man i feel like everyone had a lot to speak on then um i kind of want to bring it around to you now fabian so your question was focusing on product so it was how do you see the importance of product to building a successful team could you tell me a bit more about this? Yeah, uh, I, and I guess I'm biased because I'm product manager, but uh, I worked previously as a data scientist in the smaller small engineering team, and I moved into product management. And I've seen the impact of questionable product management and better product management on the engineering teams. And I think PMs have a very essential role, essential role to play in building engineering teams and really bringing that culture of high efficiency and, and happy teams to to work on. And I kind of wanted to have your opinions on that as well. Who wants to kick us off with that? Well, I, I can I can try to start. No, but but I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, product is super, super important. Uh, and uh, communic- but like, to communicate the product vision clearly and frequently is, is really, really important to make people uh, understand what we're doing. Uh, and also, when when it, it, it is a when when you work in an area where the vision and the mission of the company is far away from what you do as a developer, it's really hard to get an engagement. Right? I've been working uh, in the like field of circularity, and and the the alignment that you get. When you everyone like from developer up to CEO works, it, it the road forward is so clear. Right? Working in in if you say fintech for example, where you like sit and do something with money, uh, doesn't connect so much with you as a developer. And then the role as a product manager to really like get this through and like to find this alignment in the team is is really really important. Definitely, yeah. Chen Kai. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, uh. <laughs> I think that's a very good question because I'm thinking here, what what if you're just uh, in a team of a very big department where your product vision and mission is clear, but uh, you don't know how to fit it into a big picture of a company's product vision and mission? Because company's product vision and mission can be quite high, quite 
abstract words flowing in the air. And the your product, product, the vision, and the mission can be quite concrete and quite familiar by all the teams. And you see a gap, right? How do I fit it into the company whole big picture? I think it comes into a play of how do you define and how do you define a good product? What is a good product? I personally, I would say if there is a role on as a main architecture or enterprise architecture should come into play where it can roughly place where the product is and what should do in the domain at least, then if they can help to connect what the company's vision and mission with the team's vision and mission, then it will be much easier for the team to understand what would be what I'm building here and that they can understand how important this product is. That That's how I see it. Ricard, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, no, I agree with uh, what Shinkai is saying and what Mons is saying as well. Uh, I mean, the, the product itself, it's, it's crucial to building a successful team. I mean, you need, you need them behind it for sure. I mean, not, not only does it provide a, a common goal, uh, and a direction for the team to know where, what to work towards. Um, but also it, it aligns the team's efforts and ensures that we're all working towards the same vision. Um, it's the product itself. It can motivate, it can satisfy the team in a way where you see the positive changes, you measure the things you're doing, etc. I mean, knowing for myself, seeing our a product becoming more successful in the market, it will, it will give me my pride. Uh, I would get an sense of accomplishment. I've, I've done my job. It's partly because of me that we're, we are where we are. It will increase the engagement, the, the ownership, etc. But I also believe that the product owners or managers, whatever you may be, it's as important to build this, uh, this relationship of trust with the, the engineering team as well. I, I remember I used to work with a a product person, uh, I'm gonna name drop her here. Her name is Claudia. Um, she built, she, she was great at building relationships with, with us engineers. And it made us believe in her vision a lot more. Uh, it made her believe in our technical solutions a lot more. She spoke tech language. We spoke product language. It just, it was a perfect match. And uh, I've never seen teams be as productive as when we were working directly with her. Uh, but yeah, also ju just a tip from my side, build relationships with the, with the engineering teams as well. It's not only up to the engineering manager to build trust, but also the, the people working towards the teams. Yeah, com completely. I mean, on, I've seen teams that get down the engineering road too much and they lose track of the product. And sometimes they just want to solve what is interesting to solve and not necessarily what makes sense for the product. That leads to a lot of rabbit holes of where engineers digging in into very deep problems and then you come back oh yeah stick to this but it's a very far back end issue that nobody had any issue with but it took me two months <laughs> but th there's this kind of thing but also I've, I've noticed that engagement with uh, the engineers and the engineering manager is much higher when product is bringing the customer to them and by example getting i i try to get engineer in my customer codes because most of the time actually they are really happy to join and they, because they get to see who is using their product, who who is doing what, and well, they will know better than me sometimes <laughs> some of the questions the customer have. So it it just builds up so much more engagement. And I think everybody is a product manager. Like I, in my opinion, the the way I, I I interact with the engineering team is they are as much a PM as I am. It's just I'm working on different part of the product. That's it. But every single commit is a product decision. So you have to communicate that into the teams. It's so essential, I think. 
completely agree. Yeah, I think it's a quite good approach to have the developer actually engaging to the customer calls. We did this in my favorite something. We have this conversation now and then. Whenever we're engaging with workshop with customers, developers always involved, and it turned out to be a quite good feedback from both sides. I think. It- Efficient. Amazing. Any final thoughts on this? <laughs> okay. Well, I actually think that um, your question, Fabian, l- lends quite nicely into Chen Kai's question. Um, so you asked Chen Kai how to make everyone on the team share the same clear vision of the product, especially in the context of remote working and a remote team. So could you talk me through this a little bit? Yeah, I think this is comes to more of the observation. Sorry, here. Yes, especially since the pandemic started. Uh, for example, right now, my team is totally, everybody is remote. We have a, uh, the team is scattered in both India and uh, Stockholm in Sweden. And even in the same country, people are not in the same city. It's like sitting to different places. And it's quite uh, challenging and interesting to see how you find everybody together and to share the clearly like what the product vision of the mission is. So I would like to hear. From all of you, how do you guys tackle this kind of problem? Especially today, hybrid working is more and more common as people are crying black. So. Absolutely. Well, I feel like, at least for me, and I think everyone in the working world at the moment, you know, since COVID, remote and hybrid is here to stay. But tell me your thoughts, everyone. Who wants to start us off on this? I can start off. Yeah, I mean, in, uh, uh, as I said, Earlier, I mean, I think that like the the uh, the social part of of uh, all the meetings that we have online now is is really important. That is also a good place of like continue talk about the the product vision uh, and, and mission and 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 really yeah talk about it a lot. Uh, it doesn't have to be a a big presentation of a slide. Just remember that we are building the world's best app for this and this, uh, and continue talk about it. Like make people uh, aware and engaged. I agree. Um, encourage everyone to give give feedback specifically on the product vision because you, you need alignment in order to to make sure that we're all moving in the, in the same direction. Um, and you, you can you can create shared understanding through the purpose of the product, uh, the target audience, what goals you have, etc. Just encourage them to give feedback on it because once you encourage them to give feedback and they understand that they have a say in it, then you will build some sort of ownership or engagement from the teams that they, they will actually care because they was they, they were part of, of setting this vision as well. It's not just what you, Shenkai, decided, but you took feedback from everyone. All right, this is what we said from the beginning. We got your feedback and now it's this. What do you think? And then all of a sudden you'll, you'll have a lot more engagement because they took part in setting it. Yeah, I agree. That's overall communication. We go back to that. Over community, there's no such thing as too much communication. Uh, I mean, to some extent, not too many things. <laughs> <laughs> but GitHub has been always a remote company first. Uh, and we are, I mean, I am working my team is spread across the US and sometime within Jazzwell and across UK and so on. So we have a very remote structure. And I think it's communicating all the time the vision, what are we doing, but also what are the problems, what are the challenges, uh, because that brings everybody kind of to a common understanding. Just saying we are going there is going to be great, but <laughs> but we are going to have those issues or we know we have to face this and this and this uh, helps. I think people have that common understanding of yeah, the vision and the problem that needs to be solved and they can be more understanding when things get a bit more tricky or, or when there's time crunch for whatever reason. 
even if we try to always avoid tense deadlines, sometimes we don't have a choice. Um, the, it's, and you go back to oversharing, over-communicating, right? Like, okay, why do we have a time, time crunch? Why? Why do we have this? It's not some abstract deadline. So, yeah, going back to that. But also, like, it's not only about, like, communicating the, the, the vision clearly and frequently, right? How do the team perceive the, the vision? Let, let let them speak out to see. Okay, how how how, what do they think about it? How do they perceive what I am saying or what the company is saying? To see, I mean, to get everyone's view. Uh, it's always good to let everyone speak out and to listen to to other people's ideas. I mean, yeah, yeah for sure. Shinkai, you should definitely send out a survey where they will have to pick one out of four options. What is our vision? And then you'll get an understanding of how many actually know our vision. And if the score is too low, then you go on a marketing campaign and just market the shit out of your vision. <laughs> now, for those, it's a because when we actually setting up the team, we, we noticed this, and I think we did the what exactly what we're discussing here. We repeated several times, and it's um uh, and and as a as boss mentioned at the end, it's quite crucial to make sure the team members understand. It's uh, because one, on one hand, you keep saying, but how do they perceive it? Right. It's also quite interesting and crucial to understand if they are at least uh, uh, the team and uh, the you is on or and the product owner in fact is on the same page. So that, that's quite important. And I think we're to grab all the big or small meetings to just keep repeating to make sure everybody share the same vision and in the uh, one, one, one thing quite important, I think, is we do a lot of this kind of power programming in the warp sessions and with a lot of the developers together. And then we will explain, okay, the reason why I do this is because we do that, so we can do that. So in line with the, the vision or missions you are you, you are, you are by to do. So that's quite the, uh, also quite uh, helpful. And uh, I think what, another thing, uh, I would like to add here to the other discussions. Try to do the appreciation and the celebrations, especially for the, for the remote team, as much as possible. And even a small one, I think, because right now that people don't do this kind of physical contacts or uh, they don't meet that open office. So it's quite important to, to share your appreciation to your team and uh, encourage everybody. That's how I also would like to add. Second, totally agree. Uh, but it, how do you celebrate small achievements in an offline, uh, online environment? It's it's uh, it's uh, none none of the questions today, but so yeah. important. No, no, not that easy. We call out the developer's name in the demos with all the stakeholders, and then you can see if you're using Teams, you can see all the clapping hands and the arts flying on the screen. And uh, sometimes you. If you remember everybody's birthday or something, send us more gifts. Those it's always nice to have this kind of, uh, you know, even you're someone like your team is around, not in the same office, but people are still caring about. That's a good thing. Yeah. Also, I think like, I mean, one, one thing we try to do is when you have a, an internal feature, your staff ships, I'm saying, we always try to kind of, I'm trying always to call out who worked on it. It's kind of important because it's a small, small acknowledgement of they did the job. Uh, I'm just a messenger, kind of thing. And maybe another way also to do it, like we, we did it sometimes, not always, but having some sort of care packages. Uh, just send a little package with, 
you know, co company goodies, it's Arston and things like that, Copilot. And GitHub, we have so many cool goodies. Uh, <laughs> so that helps. So you're always happy to get a little package of stickers and, and things like that. But it, it's small, but it's it helps a bit. I once had a manager who, who drove out. Uh, all of us lived somewhere near Stockholm. So he took his car and he just drove out. And it was on, uh, yeah, you know, in Sweden, we uh, have something called Fjettistagen. Uh, so he just drove around to everyone and delivered a package of Semla. And I know it was super appreciative. Uh, wow. Everyone appreciated that he did it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's the little things that counts. Calling out their names or in a demo recognizing their work or sending out care packages or if they can come by the office and buy one, two, four cakes. So yeah, it, it's hard being remote, but um, verbal appreciation works just as fine, for sure. Paper leadership takes time if you're going to drive around Stockholm and giving out Sambla to everyone. <laughs> that, that, that's why you can't do 50%. <laughs> True. Fantastic. Any other final thoughts then either on that question or anything you would like to add in general? Oh, I think that's a quite good discussion and uh, inputs everyone. Yeah, really great input. Yeah, really great input. Really good questions. Uh, really nice to hear all of your thoughts. Uh, nice to share mine too. Amazing. So before we end the podcast, what I would like to do is say thanks so much to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts. So they have been Mans Engineering Manager at Open Air Group, Chenkai Tech Confidence Manager at H&M, Fabian Senior Product Manager at GitHub, and Ricard Engineering Manager at Baymingo. If you would like to participate in a future podcast or would like to discuss how we can help you find the perfect next addition to your team, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.